Welcome to the Viola-Centric Podcast. We are two curious violists finding inspiration through authentic and challenging conversations in the professional music world. I'm Liz. And I'm Steph. Let's jump in the deep end. Hey, everybody. Hey. Guess what? What? It's the recap people are actually asking for. (laughs) I know. What a pleasant change of uh, the tide. Shout out to Joy Dominski, my BFF from high school, also a violist and a really great teacher who has uh, actually told us she's started watching the show because of our recaps. Does that count as like our like family? I think so. (laughs) I think so. Okay. (laughs) But, but... I mean, someone who never watched the show was like, I'm going to watch it because you guys are doing this thing. Oh, I'd rather someone say, I watched the show and I'm listening to your podcast <laughs> <laughs> because you're doing this show. I think that's happening though, right? Like we're getting, we're getting like interest that is, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Well, yeah. So if you're, if you're new here, thank you and welcome. We do have other shows that are more guest interview style things but if you're just here for this that's fine too (laughs) we have a good time with this this is like our our um connection slash low stakes low stakes slow stakes chatting yeah it's basically like the kind of conversations you and i always have but Mm -hmm. recorded and about a specific topic right (laughs) right yep so Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Yeah, we're glad you're here. So it's episode four. Oh my gosh. We're yes. rolling now. Yeah. We're in it. And it's a lot we, of drama. So the opening scene, we see Rodrigo at the library. Mm-hmm. Like he actually goes to the library to listen to music, which yeah. I love. In the rare archives section. Yeah. 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 And he's actually got gloves on. He's looking at the actual manuscript. And then... Mozart appears, you know, <laughs> like <as> he does. <laughs> and they start having a conversation. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Um, after the credits, then we go and we see Gloria, who's in a donor meeting. She's prepping for a donor meeting. Yeah. I guess it's a big party fundraiser that's going to happen later that day. Yeah, right? that scene had Devil Wears Prada vibes, you know, like the assistants <laughs> following her around like, oh, yeah, this person, this and this person. She's like reminding her of the details of the VIPs she's about to go schmooze with. Yeah. Oh, my favorite TV episode. Did you ever watch Veep? No. Oh, I know. My God. I know. You know this. <laughs> There's no. a scene where someone's prepping Julia Louise Dreyfus, and um, they're whispering in her ear as she's shaking the <laughs> shaking the hands of Congress people or representatives or whatever. And he's like, "Wife, not daughter. Wife, not daughter," <laughs> or something to that effect. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think that I it'll be really interesting if we ever get to a point in our lives where we have to do that. You know what I mean? Like someone has to stand there and tell us like, oh, this person, like what, what would that life be like? I, don't, I can't even imagine. I don't know if we'll <laughs> ever be that important, but, but yeah. Who knows? Well, you know, actually, 
I remember talking with Luke, who's the conductor of the American Pops, and he was just talking about how when he goes to fundraisers, he does his research beforehand, Mm -hmm. just like Gloria. Yeah. He knows everybody's names. He knows their what they're into, what their pet projects are. And you have to know that information to mm-hmm. be able to get past that step. Because yes. that's like the, the small talk step is the most excruciating part of being at those yes. like big dinners. You're talk, you're at a big table with a bunch of other people you don't know. Yeah. That's the first question. Okay, wh- what do you do? Uh, and then, you know, what are you into? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. How do you know the guest of honor or whatever? And getting all that out of the way really helps you to get the real subject that you want oh, to talk yeah. about. Oh, yeah. I think this all, I think that the whole, you know, donor event segment of this episode is actually pretty, well, I mean, parts of it are ridiculous, which we'll get to. But, yes. But, you know, it's, it's a very realistic thing. I always think about it this way. Uh, when I learned how to network, when I started my first job, um, it it was always this mindset of like, you don't have to be the most interesting person for people to be interested in you. You have to be interested in them. And if you're interested in other people, if you ask them questions about their life, if you listen to their stories, then then they appreciate you. They notice you. It's it's the most amazing thing. It's it's like such weird reverse psychology, right? Because you think to yourself, like, I've got to really wow them. No, you don't. You, you just have to be interested in them. Yeah. And that's relationship building. You have to be interested. Yes. Yes. So great. So that kind of research makes a lot of sense because I think, and and it's interesting too. I mean, I don't know. I I have a knack for this. (laughs) I remember that kind of stuff without a notebook. (laughs) I don't know why, but I do. But if somebody didn't have that kind of, you know, ridiculous like Rolodex in their head, it would be a good thing to have your, you know, your binder, your research. Okay, so you can whisper in my ear when we are <laughs> <be us>. <laughs> Wife, not daughter. Wife, not daughter. Wife, not daughter. <laughs> you got it. Uh, okay. So we find out that oh, yeah. Rodrigo was supposed to come to this thing, this fundraising event. He declined. He's uninterested. And yeah. Gloria is livid. Mm-hmm. So then we, we go and we see a little snippet of an orchestra committee meeting. Which cracked me up because Union Bob. <laughs> so there's Union Bob, Cynthia, and then um, Dee Dee, the dealer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God, what did he say? He said something. I thought I wrote. I thought I wrote it down. Oh, don't put Cynthia in that box, man. <laughs> <laughs> so people are being petty about yeah. Yeah. the what's going to go in the contract. They're losing and the forest for the. They're they're they've lost the forest for the trees. <laughs> right. So they're quibbling about. Uh, the temperature that the the room needs to be in when they rehearse must be seventy two degrees. It must, must be. be. Yeah. Well, no, because somebody else wants it. Oh, I found out what her name is later. Where is it? <laughs> oh, she's fiery. Her name is Triangle Tanya. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Triangle Tanya is convinced that her equipment works best when it's less than 72 degrees. So anyway, there's this quibbling going on. And Cynthia brings it back to the main point. She's like, well, they're going to cut our health care by 40%. Yep. And so she's in it for the younger players. She's yeah. she's doing it for the right reasons. That's sick pay. I was like, oh, sick pay. That sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, what's that? 
What's that? What's that, freelancers? Must be really nice. It's called not getting paid when you're sick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that was quite a, it was a funny little Mm -hmm. union or orchestra committee meeting. Also, not all that based out of reality. (laughs) I don't, not anyone that I've been involved in, but who knows? I mean, I do think like, I think that there's a lot of that, like, getting lost in the details kind of stuff that happens. But I think that's true when you feel like, you know, you don't have, when you don't have agency, I think that starts to happen more, right? As people just focus in on those, like, minute things that really aren't that important. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah felt, felt accurate. Cynthia's trying to hold it together, though. She's doing a good job. Yeah, she's good being a good um, committee yeah. chairperson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see Haley, who's down in Rodrigo's office, which is kind of in the basement. And she's making tea, according to uh, taped instructions. Like, a, like an actual cassette, kids, like cassette, for those of you who she know has a what that box. is. Yeah. She has a literal boombox in the office. Yes. And she's using it not to play music, but to play instructions on how to make tea. This perfect tea. And... Rodrigo, it cracks me up every time he's he calls her, hey lie, hi 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 Really, does your accent prevent you from saying Haley? It's now becoming like intentional. Yeah, yeah. it must hi lie, hi lie. He's so lovable though. That whole thing, like when he asks her about the oboe, and then there's just this silence because, and she's like talking out loud mm-hmm. for some reason because it's a TV show, and and then he responds, but he's like, "I'm just assuming you said something funny." <laughs> it's like this taped conversation. I don't it's know. The he's... old answering machine trick. <laughs> yes, it's where you you make your answering machine recording or your voicemail recording for all of you. Millennials he, and later. He's a true creative, Rodrigo. Yeah. You know, he's just, he's a total free spirit. I, I don't know how many times I wrote that in my notes. You wrote time. free spirit? Yes. Um, but yeah, so pretty soon this this zen-like scene of her perfect made yerba mate tea is, is uh, it's interrupted by Gloria mm-hmm. and Sherry, who I guess did not, is not working with Rodrigo anymore. She is now <laughs> Gloria's assistant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And she's clearly salty about it, but yeah. Gloria comes in and insists that Haley go get Rodrigo and, you know, we have mm-hmm. to go see that that uh scene. But Sherry gave her this look at the end. Did you see that where she was oh, like yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Ugh. I wrote Sharon is not supportive. She's the worst. <laughs> she's the worst. She's salty. I'm sure she's salty. Yeah. Yeah, she's a little bitter. She's like, I have to deal with this woman instead of the hot, the hot conductor, young conductor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Hailai calls Lizzie, her roommate, <laughs> who's always there when you need her. Yeah, she is. Even, even when she's working the suicide prevention hotline. <laughs> yeah, so she's working the suicide prevention hotline, and, <laughs> and she's available just to, like, go get dry cleaning for Hailai. All this, all this different stuff. She's always there. She can give you a tattoo. She's got so many skills. <laughs> a really good friend. She is a good friend. Everybody needs a Lizzie. Everybody does need a Lizzie. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So they. So they, then the adventure ensues where they have to interrupt Rodrigo's date with Mozart. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, quite literally, Mozart's like, hey, look. <laughs> These girls are go, here. Buddy. This is for you. On what is the whole scene where she's like, tries to knock, and then she doesn't hear her, so he, she kind of interrupts him, and he's like, why didn't you knock? She's like, I did, but they were on the books, and it was really soft. Like... <laughs> This is a thing, She's, knocking. I, I have a feeling we're going to see the evolution of Haley as a character. She's yeah. going to come into her own Yeah, as we go through this series. So, um, Yeah, this was definitely not a Haley episode. This was a, this was like really centered around the conductor drama. Yeah. As we, as we're really about to find out. So <laughs> right now, the, do- the donor dinner is happening it is in full swing (laughs) and rodrigo is supposed to be there but thomas is there like the good uh conductor music director that he is he's well seasoned he knows the importance of these things and he is there and he is totally schmoozing with the donors yeah he's He's doing doing a great job Mm -hmm. yep he's he's playing piano he's he's doing great he called capital campaign the capital punishment, and everyone went, oh, ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> um, I was really turned off by the well-endowed joke. <laughs> oh. The batons are getting endowed. Yeah. And there's the competition, which, to be fair, I mean, who's setting Thomas up for this disappointment? Because let's be honest, like, the baton, his baton is not going to raise as much money as Rodrigo's, and he's just going to be upset about it. Yeah, it's we knew like this just was na- coming. Another nail in the coffin. <laughs> another nail in the exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but so, so much. Yeah, that was a very. I feel like that was a really typical kind of like donor event scene. Like oh just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet just, old ladies just like taking in the music, schmoozing, schmoozing. Yep. Season three is sponsored by the Arkrest. You know, Liz and I are always being asked about our Arkrests, and we're happy to share how much we love them. The freedom of movement has been life-changing for me. Me too. And I love how using the Arkrest allows my instrument to vibrate fully. And depending on how my body's feeling, I can also change the placement of the bass. Although Aaron and Tigran started the company in their home workshop, they've come a long way, continuing to innovate by experimenting with harder and softer woods, and even new materials, fiberglass. There are bases for violin, viola, and even for small fractional instruments. And there are foam pads of different thicknesses, so you can find one that fits your body or instrument perfectly. And the guys over at Arcrest are sharing a special discount code for our listeners. Use the code VIOLACENTRIC for 10% off anything on their site. Yes, check out their offerings at thearcrest.com. That's T-H-E-A-R-C-R-E-S-T.com. And don't forget to use the code VIOLACENTRIC. Being freelance musicians means gigging in lots of different places with very unpredictable lighting situations. Oh my gosh, yes. How many times have you shown up to a church gig and wondered if you'll actually be able to see the music by showtime? Many times. Or it's a cocktail hour in a restaurant with ambient mood lighting at best. (laughs) We've all been there and have used those alien-looking bendy lights that only light up the top of the page so that by the bottom of the music, you're sometimes just guessing or maybe we'll call it being creative. We didn't know it at the time, but the Aria lights could have saved us lots of eye strain and unplanned improvisation. Yes, and with a rechargeable 
portable battery that lasts eight hours, you'll never have to carry backup double A's in your case. You'll just charge it up at home and take the Ari Light to your gig. The battery will even hold a charge for years between uses, not that you would go that long. Thank you so much to Aria Lights for their support this season. Please check them out at ariolights.com. Located in a historic mansion in Tacoma Park, Maryland, you might get the impression that the team at Potter Violins are as formal as the breathtaking building that they work in. But when you go inside, instead you'll find the most relatable, skilled, and friendly staff. Yes, the people at Potter's are what really make it a special place. I love visiting because I know that whoever I work with is not going to make me feel like I'm crazy or just being picky. They're kind of like your favorite bartender. They're great listeners who give you what you need without judgment. <laughs> yes, their technicians are not only super talented, creative, and resourceful. They take the time to collaborate with you so that the process of getting your instrument at its best really feels like a partnership. So if you're in the area, definitely stop by and introduce yourself to Chris, Rob, Kimberly, Derek, Jim, Melissa, and the whole team, or visit potterviolins.com to find what you need online. It's so fitting then that their shop is in this beautiful old house because the staff at Potter's really makes it feel like home. So they're in the car on the way. They've they've nabbed Rodrigo. He's changed into his um, his fundraiser clothes, and they are in the car. They're in a cab actually, and Rodrigo is you know getting a little bit closer to Haley. I see some foreshadowing going on here, but they roll down the window, and and he's like, "Do you hear that?" And it starts with they're going over a bridge, so. They hear the the tat 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 of the the bridge slats, and that's supposed to be like the percussion. And basically, he's saying that all the outside ambient noise is like a symphony. And do you hear it? And it was another one of those free spirit moments. Oh yeah, this is where I wrote it. Rodrigo mm-hmm. is truly a completely free spirit, my hero. <laughs> um, have you ever had this experience? Because I definitely have. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I like catch rhythms and all kinds of stuff just like out there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's must be a musician thing because Lizzie, <laughs> they're like in this moment, and Lizzie's like, I don't, I don't know what's happening back here, but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was something for everybody in that scene. I felt like, um, yeah, it was kind of like a cool scene, but I don't know how I feel about like the vibe between the two of them yet. It feels a little like there could be Me Too implications. Totally. Yeah. It feels a little icky. Yeah, it's a little icky. And I don't know that, I don't know. I feel like it's sort of, I I could see more of like a Cynthia Rodrigo thing happening than I could see a. That's what I want to see, but I think that (laughs) down the road we might see them together. (sighs) Which makes me really sad for Alex. The dancer, yeah. who's much more age and experience appropriate for life appropriate. Haley. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not going to work out with Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. No one can hold that man down, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, so he, he gets into a, a joke, conver- a, a, like a joke exchange with the cab driver and the cab driver comes out, has um, a 
a relative who really loves Rodrigo and he wants a selfie to send to this this woman. I and love this so much. This was a really cute scene. Yeah. So Rodrigo's like, I'm going to call an audible. We're going to go. He's like, let's see take this a person. In, yes. <laughs> We're going to go see this person in the flesh. Yeah. So they go and it's a restaurant. Yes. But first we have, we went oh. back to the donors where Thomas is playing piano. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, yes, Thomas is vamping like a pro. Thomas is vamping like a pro until his wife catches a text on his phone. From Costanza. And she's like, a.k.a. Cynthia. (laughs) Yeah, she knows. She knows. She knows, and she knows who who it is. She knows that it's Cynthia. Um, So, anyway, (laughs) that was just really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's uh the vibe there is very tense. There's a lot there's a lot of like tension going on there where Thomas is trying to carry the and he's like begging them to give him money, you know, and mm-hmm. like nobody's putting their flags up. And it's just yeah. yeah. Just like not. And he's he's doing a great job. He's trying so hard. With what he knows how to do. Yes, that's right. That's right. Which and, is I think which, what this whole episode leads to is, you know, yeah, where his role is now. Yeah. Yep. It makes me sad for him. Um, and then we were back to Union Bob walking oh. with Cynthia and complaining <laughs> very oh. audibly about the, the, oh, the bigger fridge. Oh, yeah, they need a bigger fridge. She's like, okay, I'll make sure the bigger fridge is in there. Like, it was like... <laughs> yeah, so Cynthia's out there solving the problems. Then we see her in mm-hmm. the restroom... Yeah. And she's injecting her hand with something. What is she you like giving herself her own cortisone shot? Like That's what I was thinking. Like is it allowed kind to of... do that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, Didi the tympanist has everything. So Didi maybe probably he... gave her the cortisone. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I was so assuming she... it was something like that and not like a, you know, like a drug drug. Yeah. But I will say that this scene I it did resonate with me in that when you are suffering as a musician, the tendency is to keep that quiet. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I mean, they have a contract. There's, I don't know why they're all worried about this, but as freelancers, you know, if it's a small world. And if people know that you have some kind of injury, people tend to keep that quiet so that they don't miss out on work. Yeah. So I felt yeah. her pain there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although I don't think people, I think, I think we have more choice now. I don't know that I know of contractors now that like, if I shared that, you know, I had been dealing with something with my shoulder or whatever, I don't think it would necessarily keep me from being hired. It would be my choice, but like, I'm not going to make the choice not to, you know, I think Mm -hmm. definitely, probably even in 2014, it was much worse, Mm -hmm. would be my guess for that. I think we've come a long way with physical pain Mm -hmm. (laughs) emotional pain (laughs) on the other hand psychological damage haven't gotten there yet but (laughs) yeah Yeah. i hope it's better than it used to be Mm -hmm. i like to think it is i hope she finds some relief yeah i don't know what that there's clearly going to be more to that story i would think yeah um by the way i accidentally watched on this streaming service last night called freebie uh-huh yeah, don't do it because there's commercials. If you have Amazon Prime, just watch it on Amazon Prime. Oh, good to know. They interrupted me right after her injection. I was like, what is this? 
<laughs> I didn't sign up for commercials. <laughs> anyway, okay. So the D, yes, now we get back to the detour. <clears throat> and it is so cute. It's such a great, I don't know. It's just like. Oh, the party at the yeah. at the restaurant? Yeah. yeah. It's like living life in the moment. Yeah. Like being, being with people, just like, yeah, it's so good. It was a good commercial for being present. It was. Yes. It was he like was some dancing. things are more important than bougie donor dinners. Mm-hmm. Right. He was connecting with real people. He was. He was playing yeah. guitar. He, he was. was giving massages. Yeah. If he it weren't the- for those rat tails he's kept in his hair, he'd be all around. The hair, that look is not good, though. You should just cut oh. those off. Yeah. Maybe that's why he was wearing the scarf before. <laughs> he died before. She gave him a haircut. I don't know. <laughs> so we finally arrive at the donor dinner. Yeah. Rodrigo makes a huge entrance. <laughs> um, we meet several of the donors. Did you see and- the, the, see the one where the woman's like, I miss your hair. And he's yes. like, oh, well, I kept some locks. I can send you one. Yes. Yes. That was Bunny. Her name was Bunny. Oh, Bunny was... Bunny was... Bunny from the Joffrey. Bunny was thirsty. (laughs) She was thirsty. (laughs) Thirsty. Yeah. Speaking of thirsty ladies, (laughs) the next scene is where he does this shtick. He has everybody bring over their champagne glasses. So... And he, like, sips from some to make them just the right level. And then we're supposed to believe... That he, he, well, first he asks everyone to wet their fingers. Ugh. And I was like, <laughs> This is clearly filled pre COVID. Yes. <laughs> Get your hands out of your mouth. It was just taking old ladies' drinks and drinking out of them. Like, that's, that's not going to ever happen yeah. again. <laughs> and to anybody who's tried this, you let me know if it's ever worked for you. But you have to have the right kind of glass. It has to be the right. So he has people playing alternately their glasses of champagne. With their wet fingers. Mm-hmm. And just by drinking them the right to the right level, he knows what pitch they're going to be. He only made like three adjustments. So okay. many eye rolls. So, so much eye rolls. Yes, there was a lot of eye rolling. Um, but it was very suggestive. <laughs> Watching <laughs> these ladies like... So much about that. I, I put, okay, no, just no with the glasses. <laughs> and then I put, I'm as disgusted as Thomas. <laughs> Thomas looks... Like he's going to throw up. He's He is like, I can't even with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he has the the um, the um group of people playing Furelise. Okay. All right. Well, suspend disbelief. This was a very good fundraising technique. And his baton becomes very well endowed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's... And Thomas is has reached his breaking point. Yeah, he he throws the tirade of all tirades. It is, it's fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, he Feels has had enough. He He's been just burying yeah. his pain. Yep, for months because yep. no one is being straight with him. Yep, and I totally feel him in this moment. Like, totally. are you kidding me? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So he um, he has a tantrum, and. Basically, we see him packing up his office in like the next scene. Yeah, I the title of the episode is "You ins- You've Insulted Tchaikovsky," and that's where this comes from. It's like this huge temperature, but at the end, he's like, "Worst of all, you have insulted Tchaikovsky." <laughs> yeah, because Rodrigo says he says, uh, "Maestro, have I insulted you?" Yeah, 
Yeah. And oh, poor Rodrigo. I know. I really, he's, a, he's really a protege. Like he really doesn't, he really doesn't want to be in that role for Thomas, you know, like mm-hmm. he does, it's, he's uncomfortable with that power shift for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he clearly looked up to him. Yes. And he feels understandably chagrined about the whole, the whole happenings. Yes. So that goes to his credit. And I really, I really love that he, you know, came into his office in the end and was like, they had this really great, the way the episode ends is like, it's a really great conversation between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know, Thomas, at that point, is he has zero Fs left to give and he's done and he burns all of his things from his office and says, it's yours now. I'm going on sabbatical. I'm good. I'm going to go away for a while. And I think that's for the best, you yeah. know. And he, he kind of, out. he he also, like, he gave Rodrigo the, you know, attaboy and, and was like, this is how it works. Like, I did it to my predecessor. Like, you're doing it to me. This is the job. Um, which makes a lot of sense, you know. I mean, I think that that is how it goes. Mm-hmm. To be the king, you have to kill the king. That's what he said. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, um. Okay. So he hands over his keys. Yeah. And then he drives off. And then we see Gloria showing Rodrigo his swank new flat, which looks really nice and is very well lit, by the way. It is lovely. It's very, very lovely. It's very fancy. I like that he said to her, you know, I only have so many of those fundraising events in me, and that she acquiesces and says, I understand. I will try to limit the amount that you're required to attend, which is good because it's like shows like a little bit of a good working relationship. And mm-hmm. um, and then Hylai shows up at the flat for some reason. Oh, she's brought his like molding clay. and Oh, that's right. His weird, his weird his, free spirit things. He yes, needs. his like crystals and stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, and you, know, he, you he, need to sleep. When you sleep somewhere, do you, you have to have your crystals. Okay. I'll take it from you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's received a package from Greenland. Oh, yes. And the Smetna Quartet, which, A, big viola entrance. Like, that was kind of cool that that's what we got to hear during this dramatic uh. <laughs> moment where he opens this weird cryptic. They know that when you when you need the drama, you have to bring the viola. You have to bring that viola solo from Smetna. <laughs> so he pulls out this scroll, and it looks like... If you did a like a search on Etsy for music art, <laughs> what you that's what you would get. And Haley goes, the melody's very strange. <laughs> you, you really, Haley? You figured out the melody just now when you opened up this package. Like, <laughs> it's like anybody who has bought wrapping paper with music on it, trying to figure out what's actually written in there, it is nonsense. Yeah, it's, it's wrapping paper. Yeah, this is a scroll, but apparently it's in code that only yeah. Rodrigo understands between him and the person who sent it. And who is he? St- who? I missed and this. He says, Anna Maria is coming. And she says to stay away. What? Or something like that. I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. Getting set time. up for episode five. So I but guess he we'll has find some out. history. Maybe we're going to yeah. get some backstory, some Rodrigo backstory next episode. Ooh, a Rodrigo backstory? I'm all about that. There's going to be lots of linen and long hair <laughs> and beaches. 
I That's bet. what I'm foreseeing. Oh my god, it's going to be like my favorite episode so far. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, stay tuned, everybody. <laughs> yes, and we will see you for episode five next time. Thank you so much for listening today. And thanks also to our season sponsors, Arc Rest, Potter Violins, and Aria Lights. Another thanks to Alto Clef Gifts, where you can purchase viola-centric shirts and mugs and a variety of other fun items featuring our beloved Alto Clef. If you loved today's episode, consider writing us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want the chance to hang with us and have access to behind-the-scenes audio and video recordings, check out our new Patreon. The Viola-centric theme music was written and produced by J.P. Wogeman and is performed by Steph and myself. Thanks again for listening. Let's talk soon.